Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. In Uncertain World, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. Today we speak to tech writer and podcaster Alison Hartley about accessibility and seeing the beauty of the world through her fingers. is the debut studio album by Canadian electronic music producer Kataranda. Released in May 2016, the track Wait Off was produced with the group Bad Bad Not Good. This is their version of that mellow funk boogie track. stood out for me in the way that you described um, the way that you live your life is the concept of beauty and I think us people with sight overly imbue that word beauty with the visual what's beauty mean to you Alison? Beauty to me means so many little things beauty to me might mean coming out of my door to take my dog out at five o'clock in the morning 
smelling the cool air of that early morning and hearing a bird sing and just taking a moment in the quiet of my yard to just kind of drink that in. Beauty might mean touching an interesting wall. For example, the walls um, right here in my living room. It's a very old house and there's beautiful textured paneling on these walls with a sort of molding in between in the middle. And feeling that to me is beauty. Petting my dog right after he's been brushed and is all smooth and soft. Music is beauty. Um, Touching the screen of the iPhone, something that's so designed to be a, a tactile product, that's beauty. Basically, any in, in, in anything that I can experience in any way, uh, eating good food is, is, is something that is a beautiful experience to me. I really find beauty in every sense, um, in every way that I can experience the world, which you're right, does go far beyond, far beyond the visual. Microsoft has recently begun to emphasize accessibility more prominently because their CEO has children with disabilities. What does accessibility mean to the blind or the visually impaired? Well, accessibility, quite frankly, means usability. It means freedom. It means that I can, within a few minutes, as a person who is totally blind, I can be setting it up independently um, with Narrator, which is a screen reader that is built into all Windows uh, operating systems. Um, I could pick up that tablet turn on narrator with just a simple keystroke and be swiping away on the touchscreen and set up a Windows tablet without sight. So for me, accessibility simply means leveling the playing field. It means that I, as a blind or visually impaired person, can access the same information, the same products, uh, the same world as somebody with full sight. Okay, so let's focus in on that world in a very practical way. Well, you have a smartphone, you have your laptop. How is your smartphone helping you to navigate, negotiate the day? Let's start from there. Sure. Well, I typically start my day, like most people, by checking the news headlines and checking my social media feeds. And so I have an iPhone that has, all iPhones have accessibility features built right into them. So I use the built-in screen reader called VoiceOver. I am able to pull up Apple News and check all the latest headlines. I am able to use my favorite Twitter app, Twitterific, to read up on what's happening with my friends and my family, check articles uh, specifically surrounding Apple Tech for my podcast. Okay, then, Alison, explain how VoiceOver actually works. Sure. When a sighted person interacts with an iPhone, you look at the app that you want to access and you simply touch it and it opens. So what voiceover does is it changes the gestures that you use to interact with the iPhone. So I need to find the app with my finger and then open it because if I touched it, then I'd be just randomly opening the wrong apps um, without voiceover running. So what voiceover does is it allows me to either explore by touch on the screen if I know the approximate location of an app or it allows me to flick between apps and go to the one I want and then open it with double tapping. So I can zip around on the touch screen 
via headers on web pages or links or text elements so that I can type in different forms. So in a lot of ways, I'm actually unchained by the touch screen because I can zip around and swipe around and do all of the same things with more freedom than I could have with a computer sometimes, actually. So the best way to describe this, is it a case that your phone is always talking back to you? Yes, it is always speaking. And if you would see someone visually using an iPhone with voiceover, there's a little black box around whichever icon we are focused on at the time. So it allows somebody who's sighted to, or has some vision to visually track where they are. So think of it almost as an overlay for the iPhone, where instead of just touching something once to activate it, it's a double, you tap it twice, and everything then is, is able to be used. Um, it's really, it's really quite freeing and the um, email that I put together with all the links and things that I sent you was done in a coffee shop on my iPhone. Stop it. You didn't give me any notes for this. I, I, I did it all myself. <laughs> uh, let's not lift, lift the curtain on, on the magic of how, of how this show works, Alison. So one of the great and kind of fascinating videos that I watched was a gentleman who's given a demonstration of actually how his day is made much easier by using his iPhone. You know, give us some real kind of practical examples other than kind of reading the newspaper. Because one of the things that kind of absolutely fascinated me and kind of blew me away about what he was doing. So he had um, his medicine jar, his medicine cupboard, sorry. And he, and obviously medicine bottles can be all the same size and shape. So what he did was he put labels on them and then scanned them with his phone. So um, what technology was that using? And give us some examples, uh, kind of practical examples of how you kind of navigate your day by by using uh, similar kind of techniques. Sure. So to give a similar example, I use my iPhone to read the mail when it comes. I have several scanning apps that allow me to take a picture of a piece of mail and have it read out loud to me. There are different barcode apps for marking and scanning things like medicine bottles or cans of food because they can also feel the same. I don't find that I use those as much because we tend to buy a lot of the same groceries in terms of especially especially canned goods or or boxes, but it's good to know that they're there. Um, I use for work and home the mail app on my work and home iPhones to keep track of my email. Especially at work, it's becoming a lot more a part of my a lot of my daily workflow because a lot of times, as a manager, I'm not at the office. I'm in meetings and in the field with my staff. So it's nice to be able to just pull out my iPhone and take care of some email throughout the day. Um, I take Uber a lot, so I use the Uber app to call up a ride and go where I need to go, whether that would be for work or or for personal use. Let's just focus in on GPS. So when when you're walking, when you're navigating your way around, uh, let's say, a neighbourhood or a city that you don't know, do you actually have use voiceover on your phone so it's talking back to you exactly where you are? Sometimes I do use an app called Nearby Explorer. Uh, recently, I've really been just doing more walking in in areas where I know where I'm going. So I don't use it as much for walking. It doesn't replace good orientation and mobility skills, 
but it definitely helps just to at least know what street you're on, what street you're approaching, um, what businesses you're passing. Having access to GPS apps definitely helps in that regard. I especially though like using GPS apps when I am in the car with somebody and I can then be the navigator um, because voiceover will read the turn-by-turn directions to me so I can be of help in that way to somebody who is helping me by driving. You know when, you know when you're kind of traveling what type of music do you listen to? If you're in the back of a car with somebody or maybe you're in the front because you're navigating mm-hmm. what are you listening to? Well most recently I've been listening to a lot of Tom Petty. He did pass away tragic and Tom Petty with or without the heartbreakers has been a part of my musical consciousness since I was born. Recently I've been listening to a lot of his music and one of my favorite songs is one called Wildflowers. I like it because that album came out just as he was going through some turmoil and change in his life. His marriage was his first marriage was ending and he was kind of striking out on his own kind of personally and and professionally. And the whole album really is basically him giving himself permission to be free and to live among the wildflowers and to pursue beauty and happiness as as he sees it in the world and so it's it's a song that i come back to a lot when i am going through changes in my life i listen to the song an awful lot to remind myself to go forward and embrace life and i i really try to incorporate the message of that particular song in everything i do in my life i don't i don't hold back and i live and i pursue freedom and beauty and happiness where i can Come back 
Explain to us how the world of smart technology and accessibility has actually opened the world up to you. Yes, it's given you this sense of freedom, which you explained before, but give us some kind of practical things which you're now able to do that you weren't before. Well, to be completely honest with you, accessible technology has been a part of my life from the time that I was very young. I was lucky mm-hmm. enough to be have, having been born in 1985 to always have some form of accessible technology available to me. When I was younger, it was larger braille and speaking devices, which weren't as portable, but which still allowed me to complete my schoolwork and uh, keep up with my sighted peers in school and also at university. I used to have to listen to books either on massive uh, boxes of cassette tapes or or braille, many, many braille volumes I would read. Um, so I would say that uh, with the advent of this more smaller, more mobile, smart technology, it's not so much that it has opened up more of the world to me. I feel like the world was already pretty open, but it has greatly enhanced the sense of convenience. Now, if I were to take a class or even if I wanted to read a book, I have many sources right there on my iPhone where I could get those books which once took up massive boxes of cassette tapes or sometimes a whole room of braille volumes. Um, If I want to write a document, I can do that anywhere, either by typing on the touchscreen, by entering braille actually on the touchscreen, or by simply dictating into my phone. So it's not so much, like I say, that the world is is more open, but it's more readily available to me wherever I am. It's it's the these devices have brought the world to me wherever I happen to be at the time. And does this kind of this new kind of nascent technology, does it mean that something like Braille is, dare I say it, going to die out? I certainly hope not. I am a strong, strong advocate for Braille. I think that one of the reasons that I am more articulate and a good writer is because I started out at the age of, seriously at the age of five, but even a little bit earlier than that, learning and feeling Braille, learning things like spelling and grammar and sentence structure, which are things that you can really only learn by looking, if you will, at the text. Um, And for me, I looked with my fingers. But if you're using text-to-speech technology, it doesn't offer you that same ability as easily to look at words and sentences and figure out how they're structured. A a student using text-to-speech technology purely might simply read a document from top to bottom, have it read 
out loud to them, but it might not say all of the punctuation. It, it will show on the screen that the word has a hyphen between it, but it might not read the hyphen between those two words. Um, that's just some example. But I, I really feel that Braille is extremely important to anybody who wishes to be truly versatile uh, as a blind person, at least to some extent. Certainly somebody who loses vision later in life may not choose to learn as much Braille, and that's okay. But for me, for example, if I'm giving a presentation, which I do often in my job, I will have my presentation notes in front of me on my computer with a braille terminal hooked up to the computer because that is the only way that I could most fluidly read my presentation materials and refer back to any notes that I have. Doing it with speech for me is just not as elegant. I would have to have an earbud in my ear and have notes on short little lines so that I memorize as I was going. Um, it just allows me to perform at a level that is comparable to someone with sight. So I, I really hope that Braille will never die. And I, I know that there are a lot of strong advocates in the blind community who are working to see that that doesn't happen. So Braille is obviously um, still something of the present, but definitely something which gave people who are visually impaired a way of reading in the past. Um, where is the future for this technology? So Braille is changing in this age of technology for sure. We are getting access to more electronic Braille, both produced in terms of electronic Braille documents and also in terms of the display technology that we would use to read electronic Braille. So I think, again, as with anything, this Braille technology is moving more towards mobile, mobile access. I'm happy to report that Braille technology is slowly, slowly becoming less expensive. It's nothing to pay upwards of four or $5,000 for a good braille display which gives you a full line of text. I'm fortunate enough in my employment that I can afford that now, but I certainly had times in my life where I wasn't able to and a lot of blind people are not able to because we have an abysmal unemployment rate in our community. But recently, braille technology is being developed which is less expensive. There is a new braille display called the Orbit Reader 20 which is a smaller display but it's a $400 Braille display. So somebody who was even living on a fixed income due to unemployment could potentially save up enough to have then Braille in their hands for $400. And that's just going to continue to change for the better as more cost-effective means of producing Braille continue to move forward. Alison Hartley, thank you for coming on to Friday 15 and giving us an insight into your world and the great advances that accessibility has made, not only for people who are blind and visually impaired, but for all of us. Thank you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sounding like the bastard child of 60s psychedelia and the early 80s British maudlin pop, 
of say the Smiths. Holy smoke surprisingly hail from Austin, Texas. This is the hauntingly beautiful star stamp. You've had a great year, and I'm proud of each and every one of you. But now it's time to go out into the real world, and I just want to wish you all good luck. You're going to need it. Young, Dumb and Broke is a single written by Jared Boys and is sung by American singer Khalid. It was released in early 2017 and is one of the sleeper hits of the year. So you're still thinking of me. 
Just like I know you should I cannot give you everything You know I wish I could I'm so high at the moment I'm so caught up in this Yeah, we're just young, dumb, and broke But we still got love to give While we're young, dumb, young, young, dumb, and Facebook by simply typing in Friday 15. You can also find us on Twitter where you can follow me where I'm at Royfield spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. Now every Thursday you can jump onto Twitter and tweet me and nominate a song for me to put into this week's Friday 15 iTunes reviews, folks, are extremely important. They're the lifeblood of any podcast. Please go onto iTunes and write us a, a glowing review. And don't forget, finally, you can email me where I'm Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D, at gmail.com. See you all again in seven days' time for more good music and great conversation. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.